podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Leeds Up Podcast. I'm James and I'm with Rocco. Rocco's drunk. I'm a bit drunk. I'm full of Christmas cheer. That's, well, that's all that is required at this time of year. We'll come on to the Ipswich game in a minute, but a quick message to say special thank you to Bass and Bly, our sponsors. Heard anything from Justin this week, Rocco? No, not heard anything. Cameras are great. Go and buy one. Not a peep. Uh, oh, well, okay. So Harrogate-based Bass and Bly, premium independent photographic dealership with over 60 years of history, my note says. I mean, they've been open for 60 years. Saying 60 years of history sounds like a bit dodgy, but they're not a dodgy outfit. They're a great outfit. And they specialise in cameras, binoculars, and spotting scopes. Uh, And they have loads of other good things they do for people, such as camera repairs, passport photos, that sort of stuff. Yeah, really good. And they, um, they sell the very best in brands, such as Canon, Fuji, Nikon, Sony. And for binoculars and spotting scopes, they sell Swarovski, Hawk, Opticon, Leica, Zeiss, Kite, Optics, and Vortex, to to name a few. Anything else, Rocco? Last week, you you spelt the website. Well, yeah, so I don't need to do it again. I I, I wanted to know exactly when they actually did start, because Bass and Bly must have seen the very best of their reviews. I wondered whether, whether they... Saw all of it, you know, if they were from 1961 and saw Revy all the way through, I don't know. We'll find that out, shall we? We'll find that out. So yeah, visit www.bassandbly.com or next time you're in Harrogate, make sure you go go see the shop on Beulah Street. Right, straight into it. Well, not straight into it, we just had an advert, but what a, what a brilliant day. I mean, last week we were talking about Ellen Road, just saying it's been quite flat recently and well, I think it was all, everyone was always going to be up for this, even though it's like a, a midday kickoff or 12.30 kickoff, which can always be a bit hit and miss. You knew we'd be up for it against Ipswich. Yeah, had to be and delivered, I think. It was, yeah, it was spot on, wasn't it? All the way through and obviously the goals helped. Goals at the right time, pummeled them in the end. Everyone was loving it. But I think even from the very off, yeah, the, the fans were completely on it just like the players, which was great to see. Yeah, 12.30 kickoffs, it's never ideal. I'm, I'm always a bit pessimistic when we have to play early for such a big game, but it was great. Yeah, the atmosphere was really good. Everyone deserves a round of applause. The first few minutes got me thinking, here we go, because they were pressing us really well, weren't they? Just keeping very, very tight on us, and you just thought, oh, if they can nick the ball here, we could be in trouble. And, and Melier was had me on edge because he was making those passes out to to Archie Gray when he was under pressure. And then he ended up just hoofing them as well up Dan James. They were kind of going out and I was thinking, oh God, here we go. But we just kept doing what we were doing, finding the gaps, making the right passes, making a few mistakes here and there. But we were sort of getting into the game and I started to feel a little bit comfortable quite early on, which is unusual for me because I just feel nervous most of the time. I still bite my nails. I've got no nails left. Yeah, what were your thoughts on that? Did you feel that pressure to begin with? Uh, yes and no. Like I was sort of waiting for, I was like, the pressure was the unknown, you know, how good mm-hmm. are Ipswich? Like, what are they going to do to us? Are they, are they going to show themselves to be a good team? 
And I don't think they did. Like, obviously, the scoreline suggests that they didn't. But I don't know. They like there, there was some fairly tidy football, wasn't there? But at the end of the day, I like I think we just smashed them twice. You know, we like that. That was my whole thing. You know, I've been so confident that we would overturn them based upon what I saw at Portman Road, and yeah, not changed after today. I wasn't. I wasn't impressed really. Like. What did they, they had that one shot they hit the post when we were already a couple of goals up. But yeah, I don't think they I don't think they did anything that impressed me. I didn't think they had any good players really. Yeah, I think we'll probably come on to a general view of, of that, but Chaplin's shot where he smashed the post, that was a right effort, I thought. God yeah. that was when I started thinking they could get back into this. But but yeah, rewinding slightly, McKenna was moaning their their scum scum manager was moaning about a, a foul in the build up to that goal. And I watched it back. I watched because on on the LUTV, if you subscribe, you can watch the full full match replay. And I, and I watched it back. Yes, yeah, it could potentially be a foul, but not in my eyes. And uh, and nice for us to to whip in a corner or Crescencio to whip in a corner, which we so often just smash it at the front post, and it's so annoying. Like just just stand there moaning, like loads of us moan in the stand <laughs> every time he does it. And I'm sure people do watching it at home and in Ireland, Dara as well, when we hit that first man. But it was a it was a wicked whipped ball into the box, and I think the wind probably helped it as well because it was blustery inside Ellen Road. All crisp packets on the pitch, that sort of weather. <laughs> yeah. yeah, do you know what? I don't. I think we've been all right from corners. Really, I mean, we've played we've a lot of short ones. Yeah, like Somerville's got a good delivery and yeah, a, a perfect one. Shame for Piro, good save by the keeper, but yeah, strike was on hand. Ridiculous comments, like, like what an arsehole. <laughs> just been beat 4-0 and like the first thing he says is like complaining about a foul in the build-up to the, the first goal. Uh, well, I mean, I know he wasn't there when Ferguson was there, but yeah, he's obviously learned <laughs> from his time at Old Trafford. It's part of the culture seeped into them, isn't it? It's in their veins. <laughs> to be fair, I thought the referee did a good job. I was like, well, he just gave us everything. It was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Well, for the penalty decision, like that was that was good. We're jumping ahead a little bit. But yeah, a lot of referees would have just not given that because it was easy not to give it. He was good. Yeah, absolutely fine with him. He was the guy that sent off Rodon, wasn't he? He was the guy that was the hull away, which obviously the first foul for from Rodon was like never a foul in a million years. But then, yeah, the second booking I thought was a disgrace. So he's made up for it today. Maybe he just uh, maybe just favours the home side. It's like oh yeah, who's got, who's got the biggest most scary crowd? We'll go with them. I think that's probably the no way to do it. You know, <laughs> so like in, I've been obviously watching Uruguay week in week out, and of course you have. Like, <laughs> The South American referees, they do literally just give everything to the home team. And I started thinking, well, maybe that's just fair because then at least you get the advantage when you're at home. Um, and, you know, because we, we never seem to do it. I'd take that. There's, there's Dara on the podcast last week and he's talking about his mate who'd refereed in front of 80,000 <laughs> people and being, you know, just refereeing the game as he sees it. <laughs> like, great speech she delivered to us about it. And then here's Rocco undermining it a week later. Just give it to the home side. <laughs> give right. it to the heat. Yeah. yeah, that's it. So we will rewind a little bit and go to the, the second goal, which was, well, it's nice for Leif Davis to be finally earning his crust at Leeds United, isn't it? I was trying to, I was starting off a chant and no one joined in. Leif Davis, Leif Davis. God, but yeah. I'm not surprised no one joined in. <laughs> Terrifying. So, I mean, it felt like he was going to have one of those days as well. And it was a bit like that down in Ipswich when I went to the, the 
away game earlier on in the season and he just didn't really seem to get into the game. I don't know if it's because they just have, I mean, he's, he's got the most assists for them, hasn't he? But that's yeah, when they just in the whole league. Yeah, that's right. And and is that because they just he just whipped loads of balls into the box, but he wasn't ever going to get any chance, and he just seemed to be getting more and more frustrated. And to be fair, I think when it was a, Somerville again who played that ball in, wasn't it? And yeah. it was just causing them all sorts of problems. And he whipped in, but I think it came off the defender in front of Davis, didn't it? And then he yeah. sort of hit him and went in. So unlucky, mate. Very he good, Davis. Lucky. It was a great goal, though. The counter-attack was absolutely brilliant. So Mel played a terrible ball to Archie yeah. out on the right wing, right in front of you. And I love tried, Yeah, he kept it in and then turned his man, accelerated away. Archie was brilliant again today. And then, yeah, you sweep through midfield. It was, it, yeah, it was a bit like a Bielsa type of counter-attack. Rota played a lovely ball out to Somerville. And then Somerville's just just electric like he's, they just can't get near him can they like what a player like he's turned into this season it's an absolute joy like he's he's just magnificent couldn't have imagined that he could be this good he's brilliant I was watching him in front of us take a corner in the second half and just took a moment to just sort of think about it and I was thinking like I remember when Rafini left and he took that 10 shirt and everyone was like bloody hell that's a bit bold isn't it but I, he's completely showing himself to deserve that shirt. He's by far our best player. I think he's just complete. I think the only thing that he doesn't frustrate me because he, he does so many other good things that make up for it. But sometimes I just wish he'd release it a little bit quicker. He sometimes ap- appears to be what you would call play in the playground greedy, but, but he's just quality. He's amazing. Yeah. There was one in the second half that he, he probably should have scored, but he took a few too many touches. But yeah. How old is he? 21? Maybe 22. It's terrifying. Yeah. Got, he's got plenty, plenty of time to sort that out. Hopefully at least not a Man City. Last week we had a moan after the Coventry game about Rutter and his inability to hold it up and he was just sort of messing about with it. But he was the total opposite today. I think he played a ball through to, he played the ball through to Somerville, sorry, after holding it up. And then he, Somerville skinned two players, I think. And then he was ultimately taken down by Agent Davis again, which was, which was, Fantastic, but yeah, Rutter just, I think Sky gave him man of the match, didn't they? And again, we're jumping ahead and Crescencio passes him the man of the match trophy and he's like, wow, first time. <laughs> it's well, well worth watching the replay, it's hilarious. But yeah, I was just so happy for him and I think, I can't remember who it was. Um, oh yeah, that's right. It used to be Jack Grealish it used to get compared for stats sort of saying, oh, look at his assist record and he doesn't get that many assists, doesn't get that many goals, but it's like all the, th- all the, build up that he does you know the sort of pre-assists and just how he just he drags space into the game the way he can just turn players it's, it's so exciting to watch yeah that's that is the thing you know we've 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 spoke about it last week you know a lot of people us included you know we're wondering whether Rutter should be playing 10 and Piro 9 but everything goes through Rutter and like he's he's done so well like I just you know, I have to just give give the benefit of the doubt to Farker. You know, he says he knows his strikers and it's fair enough, isn't it? Like, you know, what we're getting out of Rutter is amazing. Like, he's he controls everything. Like, everything comes through him. He is he's the instigator. He's brilliant. Like, almost every move, when you watch the highlights back, you see his involvement in everything. So, yeah, I'm loath to sort of, yeah, I don't know. I think we should just, again, probably... Just because we've won, just forget about it again for for another few days, and then when we lose to Preston, we'll we'll bring it back up again. But 
Yeah, he's he's awesome. The role that he's playing, he's doing it magnificently well. Like I, I think at times he can hold the ball up better, and I think that'll come. I think he's definitely got it within himself to to improve a lot. Actually, um, I think he's I think he's absolutely awesome. Brilliant find by Victor Orta. Brilliant cheap find. I was laughing because the bloke behind me rusted in something just ridiculous, like something amazing, a turn. And the guy behind just goes, look at the size of his feet. Like, is that the thing you're going to pluck out? Jeez, man. (laughs) Do you know, in the second half, there was, yeah, again, out of the blue, this, but (laughs) like, Melier did like a misplaced pass and the whole cup went absolutely mental. Oh, yeah. Well, that was like ridiculous. And there was a guy behind me that was like fully like fuming. We're already three and up. And he was like screaming like, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. Like, I was absolutely flummoxed by that. Like, let's just give him a bit of a break. <laughs> well, yeah. And I think those passes out to Archie, because I think there was two or three that ended up going out for throwing. Yeah. But I, I was actually talking to Adam, who we sit next to, and just sort of saying, like, is it actually, Archie wasn't back in the right position and then put himself in a bit of a, like, wasn't ready to turn with the ball. So I think it's kind of a bit of both. It's like, well, we're, he was under pressure for one. They were pressing Melia really well. And then the pass wasn't great. But then Archie was kind of not in the right position. So it's, a combination of things just because Ipswich were pressing us. But anyway, back to the penalty. Leif Davies chopped down Somerville in the box. Bit of protest, moaning at the ref. And yeah, Somerville took it as well. Wanted to take that one. I think if I said that, I think Pirro and Somerville were the ones to take penalties and just were the ones to sort it out between themselves. And Somerville wanted it, probably felt like he didn't it. And uh, it was a great penalty, just smashed it in. That's exactly what you want. Yeah, it was a fantastic penalty. I've got to say though, I don't like that situation where like there's a couple of penalty takers. Yes. Like the manager, for me, my personal taste, like there has to be a penalty taker because the worst thing you could possibly want is arguing before a penalty. I know that didn't happen. Um, yeah, Somerville took it. Perfect execution, wasn't it? It annoyed me. Like Leif Davis, like going on at the ref like that even after the penalty had been scored he was still going back and arguing and it was clear as day like what is he doing I just found him ridiculous home home card advantage red (laughs) card Rocco's rules (laughs) so yeah and so second half early second half well end of the first half went in just feeling amazing but I also still thought we're definitely going to lose this 4-3 it just felt it's funny that we were, we were, I was in the bar and we were talking and the whole conversation at halftime was Preston, like when we were 4-1 up and lost 6-4 and like the Nottingham Forest 7-3. Yeah, you're never quite, you're never quite cured as a Leeds fan. But yeah, I was never really worried to be fair. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't see it. We were so dominant. They didn't offer anything for me. And yeah, we came out second half and well, it was a cakewalk, wasn't it? Just a bit. So, as I've mentioned before on the podcast, my wife's side of the family are all from Ipswich and they're all up for Christmas, which is lovely, isn't it? <laughs> but my... Uh, not listening. I hope they're not listening. God, no. It's like, I, I, I'm I'm not like, what I'm not the sort of person to just go in and be like, Way. I'm more the sort of person to just be annoyingly silent about this sort of thing. <laughs> you like, not say anything and it just let it seep into the room, the awkwardness. Silent smug. Yeah, but I got a message from my mother-in-law's sister a bit long-winded this and she's a die-hard Ipswich fan sent me some pictures before and I said oh we're gonna lose at half time she's like typical Leeds pessimist you deserve to lose I was like well no it's just 
that's realism for us. We've been there. It's happened, it's happened many a time. Oh dear. So, yeah, early in the second half, Pirro was really close to scoring. Um, he just smashed one. and I, I, it, To me, it looked like it nicked, nicked the defender and hit the bar, and then it went out for a, a throw-in, because he even contested that it was a, a Leeds ball as well. But, yeah, he's... It was How ridiculous. ridiculous. I, I've, in my life, I've never. I, it's impossible for the ball to hit the underside of the bar and go wide. Like, how does that even happen? Uh, Not so yeah, wide. Yeah, literally over to the west stand. It was mental. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was like as soon as it clipped the bar, I thought it was a goal because it, it couldn't have stayed out, but somehow it did. A bit unlucky, really. Again, Rutter was the the architect of that. Yeah, Piro did well, but well, what can you say? Should have gone in. Unjust. Felt sorry for Pirro. It felt like he was never going to score. And I think but, maybe that's not then. I, know, I remember a while ago, actually, Rocco, you got your protractor out. I can't remember which game it was for and you were talking about the trajectory. Maybe you should just yeah, apply some science to this, you know, some wind and rain effect of why it went out for a, for a throw-in. I'll, I'll have a go at it, but I think, yeah, I think that was just beyond explanation, really. It was, yeah, it was Brentford away. It was Harrison's goal. Umbuemo, Umbuemo own goal, I discovered. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll see what I can do. If not, just, you know, take a physics course or something. That'll be fine. So, and then, yeah, like you say, for the third, sorry, for the fourth, Archie Gray intercepted a, a pass, read it really well. He passed it into Pirro. Oh, he did. Yeah, with, the, with his first touch. I yeah. wondered whether he meant that on purpose, like, because he intercepted the pass, but mm. then, like, first time played it into Pirro. I didn't know whether it was like a... Just like a, I don't know, a bit of a miscontrol, but I think he meant it and got Let, it back, didn't he? Let's let's say he meant it, and <laughs> and it went into Piro. Piro miscontrolled it, falls to Rutter, and then it was a bit sort of messy around the edge of the box, but it ultimately landed at Piro's feet, and his footwork was absolutely unreal, and he sent the defender the wrong way and sort of snapped at it early and just banged it in. It was that was a great goal. I was so chuffed for him to get that as well, given all the the talk recently as well, like goals from players like Piro are what silence everyone. Yeah, well, if we're giving Gray the benefit of the doubt, I mean, you mentioned a miscontrol by Pirro. Uh, I'd say it was a feather touch into Rutter. Lovely. <laughs> the strikers linked up perfectly. And then, Beer yeah, goggle. Magnificent footwork, wasn't it? <laughs> that finish was absolutely top draw. And again, yeah, an example of how they interchange so well. That's Rutter behind and Pirro in front of him. Um, lovely, lovely, lovely goal. Yeah, what can you say? It's like proper top class finishing that. Really good, and I thought I just thought we were exceptional all over the pitch today. You know, even when they put us under pressure, we we, we seem to manage to get out of it, or you know, we might lose a throw in, and but we'd quickly get the ball back as well, and we just defended like so well as a team, and uh, yeah, we did it when it when it counted, which is amazing. So um, yeah. there were no mistakes at all, was there at the back, and even like I was really impressed second half being four 0 up. I mean, at four 0 I said to my mate, I said. Like, it needs to be six. Like, I'll even be disappointed if we only score one more, which, yeah, that's like big goggles talk. But um, I felt the like, same, though. <laughs> yeah. But the way we controlled the game, like, the whole second half was played in their half. You know, it was LA's, you know, for half the, you know, half the time we were just cheering our passes and completely and utterly dominated that game. Like Farker said, didn't give away a corner again. Didn't give away a cross, you know, didn't, I think he said that the XG against us was zero, which I don't think it can be exactly right. Probably rounded down to zero. But yeah, he's rounded it down, bless him. <laughs> from not like four nine. Yeah, so. zero. But yeah, it was, it was just brilliant. Every, every, every single person 
played the part. That was, that was, it was a statement I thought. And I thought it was important as well to like put the willies up hip switch by really teaching them a lesson, like for them to know that they're up again. Like they know now that there's a better team than them behind them that are chasing them. And I just feel like they're going to will at some point. I, I really do now. Like I, I, sh I had a bit of a shake last week, like with the two, two games where we failed to win and I'm wondering whether we're good enough. And then we go out and put out a display like that. Like that's what you need. And there's so long to go. 23 games. Yeah, it's on. We can do it. We talked about it last week, I think, and the West Brom effect when they came to Ellen Road and we just smashed them with the 16 seconds yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. And we said that that's kind of what we hoped for today and, and that's exactly what we got because I think it does, like you say, just pile on such a amount of mental pressure, particularly going into the Leicester game on Boxing Day for them as well. And, you know, you do, like you say, doubt starts to creep in and, and they might actually wilt mentally. And that's what I think that's what we got hope for. And, I think the other thing for us is just keeping one over our shoulders all because Southampton aren't giving up. They're still chasing on the same amount of points. They're a good side for this level as well. And yeah, it's a bit nerve wracking. Yeah. But, but I mean, that is the thing as well. Like we actually have to hold our end of the bargain. You know, we, we, we have to probably even do better than we're doing. Like Ipswich will drop points and they won't get as many points in the second half of the season. I'm sure. But at the same time, we've got to start beating these teams. Like we we are slipping up too much, and we've shown today what a top team we are, and we have all season. And Parker sort of mentioned it in his in his pretty much press conference about you know how unfortunate we've been. You know we've dominated every game, and and that's true pretty much. But we can't be failing to win. Sort of you know in in the last few months we've failed to win a lot of games that that we should have won and. You can't just say it's unlucky. You know, we're not winning them. Like we, like we have to go to Preston and win. Like if we don't win at Preston on Boxing Day, then, you know, it sort of completely wipes out what we've just done. So yeah, we, Ipswich are there for the taking, I'm sure, but we have to, we have to do the business ourselves. I think that's, that, that was the thing that I came away feeling more than anything is that it's frustrating that we haven't gone in with the same attitude to other teams. Like we shouldn't just raise it for, someone who's above us, it should be everyone in the league would just go out there to just absolutely hammer them. Because I, th I think we're capable of doing it, barring, you know, bar the, the tight games that you probably get against Southampton and, and Leicester City. But I think everyone's there to for the taking. I did, to be honest, I felt, and I knew it had happened on Twitter, the sort of handbags had come out, particularly with Ipswich fans talking about 100, 100 million strikers and, you know, saying like the kind of unjust of it all. And, and I agree. And like, you know, when we were, like you mentioned about us, when we were passing around their team, it's a bit. It's a bit embarrassing when you think like we are just a very expensive team against a side that have just come up from League One, who have got annoyingly a very good manager who's doing good things with that that club. I just feel a little bit like, yeah, this is. It's a bit embarrassing. We've got embarrassment and riches, but then I also think, fuck it, because <laughs> I mean, we were in the Premier League, and you know, the same was done to us, and that is just the way football goes at the minute. So, and. And, and I know, because like when we were in the championship and teams would come down and they'd play well against us, I felt we felt the same as, as Ipswich fans do against Leeds today. So it's, but anyway. Like football, it comes down to the players on the pitch, doesn't it? And like Ipswich have done unbelievably well. Like they're still seven points ahead of us. It's, it's quite incredible. The amount of money that we spent on players, wasted yeah. on players. <laughs> Most of them <laughs> not even there that we still owe. <laughs> Is it even that much anyway? I mean, Somerville was like peanuts. Um, That's true. Nanto I mean, was well, cheap. The rest of them 
cost a lot, I suppose. Yeah, James. <laughs> quick, quickly breeze past that. Uh, God, yeah, this is racking up. Just counted these on my fingers. God, dear. Man of the match? Any yeah. other moments we want to pluck out before we do man of the match? Uh, I don't, no, I don't think so. Let's get straight into it. Man of the, the, the Basson Bly man of the match. Oh, oh God, this is a tough one. I don't want to just go for Rutter out of the blue. Do you want to go first? You cop out. <laughs> I, I'm going to go, every fibre in me wants to go for Archie Gray because it's the sentimentality of, of it. And, you know, maybe I put the mental in sentimental, I don't know. But, you know, it's particularly him cheering the video of Sam Rodon, Joe Rodon's brother posted on, on Twitter, Archie Gray singing, matching on together to the, the South Stand, which is brilliant. And I just love him. And I hope he do, I like, just, I just want him to do so well at, at Leeds. And that, that challenge on him as well looked like he hurt himself. He looked like he was hobbling at the end, but. I think for me, it's got to be Somerville. I just, I, he was so good again today. He just, he is an absolute menace. And he won a penalty, scored, whipped in the corner, play, played the crossing that then eventually Leif Davis knocked in the back of the net. So it's kind of like, he's, he's a, he was the structure to, to our first half for me. And yeah, key to it all. Yeah, probably agree. But I'll go with Archie. <laughs> I'm glad you've evened it out. He was superb, wasn't he? Like, you know, you're yeah. looking at him and, you can't believe he's 17. He's so good and he's playing out of position and yeah, the composure. I mean, well, we've been through it all so many times, but just a great player and we're so lucky to have him. It's brilliant. Yeah. Bless him. Good lad. Cool. Player ratings. Player yeah, ratings. Are you, are, you, are, you, are you sober enough for this rocket? It's a lot uh, of that. Yeah. We're going to find out soon. So, Malia, 6.42. What do you think? <laughs> oh, dear. And, uh, give him a, well, Clean sheet. A seven, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, it's seven. There's a few dodgy passes, but I think that was him under pressure more than anything else. Yeah. Archie, eight. Archie, eight. Yeah. Can't be nine, but eight. So, nice, solid, hard eight. This is when you give a nine to someone else and then you're like, oh my God, a female another match. Have to go back. <laughs> uh, Why? Well, yeah. So, what about Spence then? I thought he coped probably better. I thought Spence had a good game. He's out, he's like he's out of position, isn't he? And because there's a time where he played a ball into the box on his left foot, and he just like looks like God. I could do could do better on my, on my wrong foot, but I think you know he is out of position, and he's going to find himself in weird places where he maybe falls asleep a little bit. But he was better than he was last week today. I thought, yeah, seven out of ten. Yeah, very good. Three out of ten. <laughs> there was a funny moment in the first half where. The linesman gave us a goal kick when it was an absolutely clear corner. Oh, was it a corner? Side? No, so yeah. from our side, it looked like it, it definitely looked like it was a goal kick. Oh, uh, no, it was a million percent a corner. It was oh, really? very, very funny. Yeah. I can't even remember what happened now, but <laughs> of course <laughs> you can. Rodon, eight. Magnificent. He could even have a nine, but I'll give him an eight because he didn't have a lot to do. He say he didn't have a lot to do, but that's because he just does all the stuff that he needs Everything. to do very well. Yeah. Like he didn't have a lot to do because he didn't cause himself any problems. He just mopped up. He was amazing. I thought Pascal was as well, which you're obviously yeah. going to Yeah. Eight, eight as well. He was awesome. They're the sort of things where like, if we're not really mentioning those players, like that's probably a good thing. <laughs> like it shows that we're not under an awful lot of pressure and they're not having to deal with too much. Yeah, that's the thing though, like I, I hold them to very, very high standards because, because they're playing so well and yeah, like to concede the goal against Coventry and the goal against Sunderland, like we just, they just need to tighten up. I, I, I hope they can do it. 
it feels like it's just a concentration thing. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they have to be the best two centre-backs in the league. They're, they're absolutely quality at this level. So, yeah, let's hope they motor on second half of the season. Ampadu thought he had a great game. Back to yeah, his best. He felt, it felt much better from him today. Don't know what the difference is. You know why? You know, it could be a fitness thing. We don't know, do we? But he just seemed, yeah, so much better. Really good. Yeah. Farker touched on it, didn't he, in the presser and said, uh, if anyone needed a rest, then maybe it was Ampadu. Uh, but his judgment was right. He didn't need it at all. And he gets an eight out of 10. If anyone needs a break, and then literally the one substitution he made in midfield took Kamara off. <laughs> if anyone needed a break, but I'm keeping him on. Weird that, isn't it? What is yeah. he actually doing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just saying one thing, doing another. He's played every single minute, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Come, yeah. Uh, Kamara probably gets an eight as well. Thought it was awesome. I can't believe we've gone the whole episode without mentioning him because today I mentioned him so many times when we were watching. He's so good. He's so good. He was he was aggressive, but like nice man aggressive today. <laughs> He's just making really hard challenges, like putting his body in the way of stuff, just muscling everyone. He, he's he's great. Like I'm so pleased we signed him. Why didn't we sign him three years ago? But anyway. Yeah, I know. But anyway, it's here now. Five million. Yeah, it's Nothing, is it? No. I know. Peanuts. Peanuts. Peanuts to these wealthy clubs that trickle down from the Premier League with their parachute payments. <laughs> anyway. All right. The formidable four with Somerville. Got to be nine again, hasn't it? Man of the yeah. match. Oh, yeah, nine. Easily, because that marries up with my man of the match. So, Dan James, I thought was fantastic. But yeah, give him an eight. I thought he was really good. Like, you know, we've talked about him a lot recently and he just, sometimes I think he's his own worst enemy, you know, because we talk about him like holding onto the ball too much or not crossing soon enough. But sometimes I think he's going so fast he looks up and there's no one there. He's like, <laughs> oh, oh, no one's arrived yet. <laughs> so he's like, oh man, wait a minute. Oh God, everyone's back now. I'm going to cross it. I'm going to lose it. So I think he's kind of his own worst enemy, if I'm honest. Yeah. It's funny. Like, it, like I always, before this season, like, I actually didn't think he was a good footballer. Like, I'd seen nothing. And now he looks like a proper good footballer. Like, he, he, you know, he's inventive. He's skillful. He's got a good cross on him. Like, I'm so delighted that he's shown what he does because obviously we all knew, knew what he always had was the pace and the work rate and the attitude. Um, so it all seems like it's coming together. Yeah, really happy for him. Well done. And yeah, he got a great reception when he came off. Didn't quite yeah. break out into the Dan Jones Appreciation Society. There's still time. There's still time. Pirou, Pirou, eight. <laughs> well, I mean, arguably he got an assist for the first goal. He hit the crossbar. He did all the right things today. I thought he was amazing. I think I think an eight for Pirou. Great, great finish as well. Yeah, it was. He, yeah, I mean, okay. Should we leave it there? He, he, like he wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't that much involved first half, but I don't know. Maybe I just don't, maybe I don't see a lot of it. Like I said before, I'm happy when we win 4-0, I'll give everyone the benefit of the doubt and give Piro an eight just for the hell of it. And his beautiful <laughs> goals. There we go. Justified. Yeah. And uh, Jorginho gets his eight as well, I think. Yeah. We've already talked about him enough, but so good. I just he makes me so happy. He's such a happy guy, isn't he? He Again. is. I I followed him on Instagram. I think I think I saw a video that you shared, or I don't know. I saw a video anyway, and really good. So yeah, I follow Georgie now. 
I'm looking forward to his content. Probably should have followed him before. I know I didn't realize I didn't follow him until the other day as well, but um, yeah. Wow, first time. Oh, watch that. It's funny. I love him. Bless him. He's well, like, I think he's like my spirit animal. That's what it is. Go on, sorry. Um, I think we have to rate Willie because he had half an hour, didn't he? Yeah, you rate Willie all you like. Uh, give uh, seven. Yeah, I thought he did well. He, he looked lively, didn't he? Looked lively, but I don't think we, when we made all the subs, which were good to make because I think they needed some players rested. We just didn't really feel like we were creating much. So they were playing football, but nothing much yeah. was, was coming of it. We were just sort of passing it around more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Nice to see Furpo. Good solid, solid outing for him. Get him up to match fitness. I think at the South Stand was singing, you've seen Furpo, no fuck <laughs> off home. Which of those brilliant. Very it good. might have been, it might have been Gruev's longest outing as well, actually. Apart from when he actually started. Yeah, he looked all right when he came on as well. I made a comment today, actually, and I don't know why I haven't mentioned this on the podcast, but Gruev, to me, always looks like he's just climbed out of bed. Yeah. I think he's got like a bit of a rogue bit of hair where it looks like he's got a bed head. Bless him. Anyway, that's that. Brilliant brilliant analysis from Leeds, that again. Um, Matteo Joseph, he looks a bit of a unit to me. I was really surprised. I think it's the first time I've seen him in person, maybe ever, actually. Has he ever come on at Ellen Road before? That might have been his Ellen Road debut. It's a good point. Did he come on at, when did he come, he came on recently, didn't he? I don't know. You're... Yeah, but he, he came on at Blackburn and he came oh, on right, at yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't think he came on against Coventry. Or maybe he did. Oh, well, I think someone can call us out, otherwise we're going to be debating. No, if, if he did, I'd have, I'd have known his like, impressive physique if, if he had, so he won't have done. Maybe he came on against Arsenal when we had 16-year-olds on the bench. Um, but yeah, he looks impressive. Bamford never touched the ball, I don't think. Need to check that, but I don't think he did. Pretty much what straight down the tunnel at the end, didn't he, as well? Oh, oh God. Yeah, <laughs> let's, not, let's not talk about that. Right. Anything else? No, I don't think so. On to, on to Preston. Need yeah, to exactly. win. Yeah, it's like you say, all these games where we have hard-fought wins or we dominate teams just go missing and, and get forgotten very quickly if we don't do it against sides like Preston. And uh, yeah, we've got to go and... Got to go and beat them on Boxing Day. A lot of fans will be travelling there as well. We always get a good allocation at Preston. It's a good away day. Um, yeah. Hope everyone enjoys it and has safe travels over there. And we'll be hopefully back during the Christmas break at some point. We've got a bit of time off, haven't we? So work, I mean. So let's let's put in some some more podcasting, Rocco, when we get chances. Hard though, when there's like every three days, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Hard for us. Yeah. How the players feel? <laughs> yeah, I I did note that that Preston. They won six and drew one of the first seven games. So they were like absolutely flying off to seven mm. and then completely tailed off. So yeah, hopefully Ipswich will do a Preston at some point because I think they're on horrendous form now, aren't they? Like the manager's yeah. about to get sacked. So let's not save another manager's job like we did Southampton. Yeah, God. Put yeah, we, just, the- we just need to smash through them and... Yeah, I know you said it the other day because we were talking about, oh, when are we going to do the episodes over Christmas? And I was like, oh, we'll fit them in, it's fine. Then I looked at it today and it actually dawned on me like how tight the fixtures are to one another. You've got like, less, we've got less than three days till the next one. And then you're three days again till the next and three. It's like the players must be absolutely exhausted. If we if we slip up at some point in this period, like you can totally understand it. Don't make excuses for him. <laughs> I feel like all I'm doing is just like getting a measure of my own disappointment. That's all it is. 
Do you know what? It works out well for us because we've got a few early kickoffs, haven't we? We've got 12.30 on Boxing Day, so that'll make it easy. Mm -hmm. Although we have to get approval from our wives to let us record on. In fact, I'm going on Talk TV on Christmas Eve. How ridiculous is that? (laughs) Crikey. Yeah, that's dedicated. 8 Um, p.m. Yeah, absolutely nobody is watching Talk TV on Christmas. I'll I'll be watching it, Rocco. Don't you worry. (laughs) Your Your biggest fan. And your and your dad actually no your dad's your biggest fan isn't he? Speaking yeah. of speak, speaking of Mister Dean, you've been putting his articles on the website previews. I have game yeah. review. It was a good preview today. I'm looking forward to his post match. So yeah, check him out on the website. Oh yeah, yeah, put him up there on the morning of the game, and then yeah, the day after normally should be up. And uh, yeah, thanks ever so much, David, for doing those. Brilliant. And Rocco, your your roundups, your weekly roundups, they're going down a treat. They're a good snapshot of everything that's kind of gone on in and around the club in the week. Just to, you do like a paragraph of each day and it's well worth it if you just want a quick digest of, yeah, what has happened today without having to troll through Twitter and everything. So just go to leads.com. And uh, yeah, thanks to everyone who's been like buying stuff as well, like buying merch, Rocco's books for Christmas. I'll tell you whatever I can get. <laughs> yeah take it but yeah thanks so much for everyone we do hear from people and get messages and we really appreciate it and yeah have a, have a great christmas enjoy yourselves we'll see you soon Network.